Hello, fitness friends. It's Phil, and it's episode 126 of Give It to Rome. Right. Now, yesterday, um, yesterday I probably started alluding to this thought that actually I've started to become mildly, <laughs> mildly is probably the wrong way, but I've always been it. But I'm, not, I'm um, significantly interested at the moment in heart rate monitoring and heart rate training reason for that is um as i said yesterday is one of the guys say one as opposed to many of them but actually most people that train with me uh, seem to come in quite connected to wearable technology particularly heart rate monitoring but look i got thinking to the fact that actually heart rate monitor monitoring or tracking whether or not you've got it on your wrist or whether you've got a strap on your on your on your chest or whatever is for most people and i'll say this is a generalization a generalization driven by my qualitative and qualitative market research being carried out in my local pure gym is that the majority of people are not tracking their heart performance right a lot of people seem to be just doing the doing and um it got me thinking it got me thinking right so it got me thinking to the extent yesterday and actually yesterday i was feeling pretty knackered and i think i was knackered mainly because my head was a bit tired and and also the other thing is i haven't i've mentioned to in the past but i've got this dog this working gun dog this working cocker and uh, he loves jumping up, which we need to train here, sure. But he jumps up on my thighs. I get loads of little minor dents or minor bruises in my quads. Just realized, and it really, really hurts. It's kind of almost like compounding injury. Do some exercise, come back, and then go, my legs are absolutely broken. Anyway, I put the two and two together, and it's my dog. Anyway, look, going back to this heart rate training thing is... Um, when I went to the gym yesterday, I thought, you know what? I'm feeling quite strong, quite fit at the moment. As I said yesterday, my resting heart rate, which was a surprise to me, was 46. And therefore, I know what my max was. Now, with maximum heart rate, there's always been this kind of like guiding line, this guiding thing, which is 220 minus your age gives you your maximum heart rate. Right. 220 minus my age would mean that I'd be training at something like a max of 167 or so. And I know that is too low for me. I know that from years and years of training. Now, if I do my max, which I think is around about uh, one uh, 190-ish, maybe a little bit higher, I do um, do that as a figure, well, let me just come back to it. It's like, I know that basically uh, my 220 minus my age, the only way to get my maximum heart rate figure to be correct is I have to have an age of 30. Yes, <laughs> I'm only 30. I'll take that. Um, <clears throat> because 220, uh, 220 minus my age gives me 190, and I know that my max heart rate is about 190-ish. Right, anyway, look, going back to the training session yesterday. Yesterday's training session, which I knew I was a bit tired for, I was feeling a little bit sick. I don't know why. 
I thought I'd do a UT1 training session. Now, UT1 is kind of like 75, 75 to 85% maximum heart rate. So it's pushing the heart quite hard. But I know that as long as I don't go over my max end of UT1, which is around about, I think is around about 1... 81 ish as long as i don't go any past anywhere past that i can sustain output at that level so my ut1 threshold is about 181 so yesterday i went and did my 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 most famous the gift that i was given by an old an old rower mate of mine a guy called paul rogers who i think was um at one time rowing with the new zealand high performance squad for the New Zealand squad, but he was brilliant, brilliant row. And he used to do this lovely training session. I say ironically, lovely training session, which is eight times 500 meters with two minutes rest in between each interval. Eight times 500 with two minutes rest in between each interval. Now, yesterday, obviously I didn't know what to expect, but I focused, I focused on my heart rate as opposed to the output now the output has a direct relationship to the effort and the effort's going to impact on the heart rate you know it's, it's kind of like one doesn't happen without the other but look i was doing uh ut1 at kind of below threshold i was pushing maybe about 145 to 148 splits which was all right and i did eight and in the past, without my heart rate monitor on and my obsession with the with the performance of my heart as opposed to my effort and my head, I would have probably found five, six, seven, and eight. Those last four, I would have found them hard to do. But actually focusing on my heart rate gave me a certain amount of confidence that everything's fine. I'm gonna to get to the end of this session alive, not overtraining it just doing what I know I can do probably 20 or 30 times in that one session, which I wouldn't do because I'd be absolutely knackered. But look, so so I did that. Now, the importance of um, heart rate training and UT1 and UT2 is really, I, I came to learn about it through, um, through the discussions amongst my peers at rowing clubs. God, when I was probably into my early 20s, probably around that period when everyone was talking about heart rate and performance and, you know, sports science within amateur sports was kind of becoming a thing. But this you say, I've learned a lot over the years, either anecdotally, reading books, studying journals, listening to podcasts, listening to people, watching videos, all sorts of stuff. And I thought it'd be a really good idea for me, for you, to basically put a page on my website, the website, which is getfitsrow.com, put a page on there, listing all of these references and documents and books and stuff, just referencing the whole thing. Because by sharing with you some of what I've learned over the years that I apply to the training that I do with people, that I apply to the simplicity of Get Fit to Row, um, I think it might help you understand more about me, understand more about getting fit generally, understand a bit more about my approach to getting fit. And the reason why I think get fit 
has to happen first before rowing. And I don't think that's unique in only this sport. I think it's it's unique in other sports. For instance, like I think it worked really well in golf. If you got fit before you played golf, I'm sure you'd have much, much more significant rounds and performance. But look, so um, on the... Um, yeah, on the on the website, there's going to be this new page. You'll find it under the workouts section because under the workout section, that's a whole environment I'm building, which is all free content, free workouts for people to dip into. It's got a link there to some free knowledge and information and insights, kind of just generally free stuff, stuff that I've learned over the years, insights I've learned, information that I think would be really, really good to share with other people. And if you want to know more and you want to get fit or you want to get fitter or you want to learn to row, obviously there's an opportunity for you to circle back round on me and um, get to know me which is where it all starts, getting to know me first. Know me, trust me, and then let's see what goes from there. Anyway, look, um, that's just the end of this uh, little podcast. Remember, if you're thinking about getting fit, one of the best ways to do it is through rowing, right? And it's indoor rowing that I major on at the moment, but obviously if you're looking to get fit and you're in an outdoor boat, I'd love to talk to you as well. Anyway, look, it's Phil. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye.